0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of Twenty Four Seven Sports. Uh, if you were paying attention last week, you know that we are just kind of running through the minors this week. Uh, we didn't get through all of them last week, and we're going to start off today with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Tomorrow's show will be the Columbus Clippers, and then from there we'll continue to find things to talk about this off season. Uh, later on in the week, maybe Friday, I would like to do a Q and A type of deal, so a mailbag, whatever you want to call it. So send those questions to me at JeffMLBDraft, MLB Draft, and I will read your handle and answer them here on the show. So the Akron Rubber Ducks, uh, it was a rough year. Finished fifth in the. Uh, Eastern League Western Conference. Uh, yes, it, that is. Everybody is as confusing as it sounds. The Eastern League's Western Conference. Uh, Ruggie O'Dur was the coach. Tony Arnold was the pitching coach. Juan De La Cruz on the bench. Justin Tool the hitting coach. Offensively, um, I was going through stuff on here. It's like only two players played in over. 100 games for the rubber ducks this year that's how much movement they had and that was something the indians did this year that we haven't really seen them do in years past there was a lot of movement mid-season before mid-season a lot of players were on the move throughout the year this year and if you all know how many guys played in at least like half of the games in akron this year you're looking at six players if you want to know the two that played over 100 the team leader was alexis pantejo former late round pick shortstop when he was drafted Ninth round. I knew he was a day two-er. Uh, Puerto Rican shortstop, known for his defense. Mostly played third this year, though. Uh, Connor Maribel, the outfielder, who was a day three pick. And then Ernie Clement, Mitch Luongo, Kaya Tom, and Alex Call were your next group. Um, I'm not going to really talk about the guys who were in the top ten. We'll dig into that in the second half of the show. And so let's focus on just some of these interesting names. Uh, I made a lot about Logan Ice this year because the Indians drafted him Bush four. The local kid in Sean Murphy, and, you know, the local being relative, the Ohio kid, I should say, and uh, whew, how bad that turned out. Also talked a lot about Alex Call. He did not have a great year in AA this year, but the fact the Indians got anything of value at all for getting rid of Yonder Alonso's contract is still a minor miracle. Mitch Luongo is a Northeaster Ohio kid, went to Ohio University, uh, really had a down junior year, which caused him to go from Considered the number one prospect in the MAC that year, oh, that may not been true. I'd have to think about in 2015, he might have been the number one prospect in or 2016. Um, he was the top hitter for sure going into the MAC that year, and uh, instead fell at day three when he was viewed widely as a day two pick uh, going into the season. He is, continues to work his way up through the system. Uh, Bit of a struggle this year. Low walk rate, strikeout rate, out percentage of 20%, walk percentage of 8.2. Didn't really hit for power, didn't really hit for average. Um, you Just from the perspective, it's been... I think I remember talking with Brad Bornell, who writes a lot uh, for the Beacon Journal, and I can't remember, but I, I think it's been over 20 years since someone from Northeast Ohio has played for the Indians. But, so yeah. So it'd be nice to see him make it. Uh, Nelly Rodriguez unfortunately moved down. He's one of those guys people have liked for a while, but when you're moving from AAA to AA, that is never a good sign. Andrew Mostario started out very hot. He was the third piece in the Jan Gomes deal. That's right, they got three players for Jan Gomes. Still kind of crazy to think about. Um, wasn't quite the same guy when he came back. Uh, Trenton Brooks was below average in Lynchburg and impressive in Akron. I'm kind of curious to see, A, if he starts there next year, and B, if he can continue. Hit three home runs in Lynchburg, hit nine in Akron, in uh, not that many more games. Uh, significant movement for him. Just a lot of people I talked to are like, oh, what's his deal? You know, Oscar Gonzalez, interesting prospect. Daniel Johnson, of course, a top-ten prospect. Neither of those guys qualify for this list. Uh, same deal with Nolan Jones. Also, some retirees. Andrew Calica might have made this list if he hadn't retired. I've always been really high on him, but uh, he retired this year and is going to go into. I must say he's going into something in like an engineering, one of the ones that's a a moneymaker. So he he was a very intelligent guy, and he just couldn't put it off any longer. And Daniel Salters, who was already 26 years of age, had uh, had done some other work, uh, in, I think mission work when he was in college, and just kind of saw the writing on the wall and decided to, to move on with his life. Pitching-wise, uh, there's a lot of starters to talk about, but there's even more relievers to mention, and, like, we won't go into James chalk because he counts to AAA. Um, Aaron Saval no longer qualifies. That's right, he start the, started the year down here. Zach Flesak started the year down here. He no longer qualifies as a prospect. I mean, those guys, if you're just talking about the 10 most interesting players to play in A this year, those two would certainly be on the list. There were also a lot of relievers who kind of came back to earth this year who ended up down there. Guys like uh, Henry Martinez. I'm blanking. Ben Krauth, Daniel Spear, where we're kind of seeing the writing on the wall. Uh, We talked about Arganis Angulo, who's out in the Arizona Fall League. So the Indians do want to get an extra look at him. But if you are, you know, a Spear, a Krauth, um, especially with just the way they're aggressively moving arms, I would have some concerns. I think Dalbert Siri is another name I would pay attention to, just because he's always had good stuff. He's been more of a starter until this year, so we'll see what they do. But at this point going forward, I mean, almost every pitcher who passed through felt like there was some degree of they were a legitimate prospect this year in Akron, and they had a lot of guys go through. Um, Though On the other side, I almost feel like one of the guys will mention the top 10 who was there all year, like, one of the few guys to stay at a level all year. I don't think that's a good sign for uh, how the Indians are evaluating you because almost everyone else who is a prospect moved around. Like, the, the starter, there were three starters who stayed all year basically in A, or pitched the majority of the season there. Like, and when I say that, I'm talking about 98%. Jake Paulson, who uh, was a guy they signed last year off of waivers from Cincinnati, and he's, you know, a 27 year old pitcher, he's not, not probably going to get a shot um really nice guy, really intelligent guy. I hate saying that. You know, last year he led the Eastern League, uh, had the uh, at, uh the ERA crown there, but just doesn't miss enough bats. Another lefty like that, Tanner Tully, uh, again doesn't miss enough bats. Doesn't hurt himself at all. No home runs, virtually no walks, but just gives up a ton of hits. Uh pitch contact type of guy. But again, you know, spending his whole year essentially, or, or majority of it there, you're talking about throwing 100 plus innings. That's or 120 plus innings. Let's say that that's not a great, not a great situation. So that's that's kind of things to look about. That's one of the changes we saw with them in the way they operate the minor leagues this year. Players don't sit. If you are a top prospect, you move. If you are a prospect that they have on, uh, that they think is going to be a part of their future, you move through the system. If you spend the entire year at a level, it either signifies non prospect status or it signifies you are really struggling. Who is not struggling is our postseason sponsor, that is Vivid Seats. They the postseason is brought to you by Vivid Seats and that is why their promo code is PostSeason. Vivid Seats is the way to get your tickets. They have a built-in loyalty program, so the more you go there, the more you use it, the more you get rewarded. It's the only thing of its kind I have ever seen when you need to go out there and buy tickets. And right now we have this great deal. So you're going to go buy your tickets anyway. So we all buy our tickets online. Uh, we don't want to deal with the hassle of buying them in person in a lot of places. And for many things, you have to buy online anymore. So you're going to go to Vivid Seats, or by go there, you're going to download the app. You're going to enter our promo code, which is postseason, which shows them that you're uh, supporting the MLB side of the lock.network Network and you're gonna get up to $100 off your tickets. So if you're gonna buy your tickets anyways, do yourself a favor, download this app, save yourself a hundred bucks, use that promo code POSTSEASON. Our other sponsor today, is one I have talked about many times, is Bluetooth.com. Bluetooth.com, you're gonna go over there and use that promo code MLB, and you can get a free trial. That's how strongly they feel about their product that is going to help you out in the bedroom. They're going to give it to you for free. You just gotta pay the five bucks for shipping. They're so confident that it's going to be effective that you will come back and buy it. They're willing to take a loss. That's how much faith they have in their product. So you're going to go over to BlueChew.com to try it out. Use the promo code MLB, and that allows you to get it for free. You just pay the shipping. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Okay. So at this point, it's time to talk about the top ten. Uh And as I looked at this list, I thought to myself, who here do I feel comfortable is going to be an everyday player or a starting pitcher? And the answer was none of them. No one on this list I feel 100% comfortable projecting, either as a starter or a starting pitcher going forward. None of these guys are top 10 prospects. Um, At the end of the day, Akron's going to have had the weakest top 10 list. And I think we kind of see that based on the overall play this year and kind of some of the problems they had record-wise and getting runs across but there's a ton of relievers um the breakdown on this list is eight pitchers two uh hitters and let's see two of those pitchers were starters this year the other six were really i'm sorry three were starters the other six were relievers um i'm gonna go against the flow on a name on here uh, but we'll get to him. We'll start the back and go up ten. Jared Robinson. I've talked about him a lot on the podcast. He's an interesting relief arm. A guy I heard about in a lot of places. Um, people thought highly of him. Thought that he could has that he is going to at least at some point spend some time in the majors as a reliever. He did struggle once he got promoted to Triple A this year. But you're looking at a guy who worked across three levels, um, moving into that relief role after being a starter. The last two years and turned himself from really a non-prospect to a guy who i think will get an opportunity somewhere you know this is someone the indians drafted back in 2014 so he's going to be a minor league free agent we'll see what happens if he stays in cleveland if he ends up somewhere else at number nine is Kyle Dowdy. Uh, lost him in the Rule Five draft to the te- uh, to the New York Mets, but then he was traded to the Texas Rangers, where he appeared in 15, 13 games over twenty two innings. Uh, had command problems there. I, I mean, command problems didn't miss bats, gave up too many home runs, gave up too many hits. It was not great. When he came back to the Indians, he uh, spent some time in Double A, and got his walk numbers back in place was missing bats, was not giving up home runs. It's kind of the opposite. Everything was looking good across the board. He was really effective um, over those 29 innings. We'll see what happens. Uh, He could be another Rule 5 candidate this year, uh, but he's a guy who just seemed genuinely happy to be back in Cleveland. I have to think if he is not psyched in the Rule 5 draft, he will open the camp with the Indians this year. So that gets us through. Ten and nine. So then we come into eight. Ernie Clement. A lot of people are a lot higher on Clement than I am. He just, he does not have a standout skill. Um, He didn't do anything well offensively this year in double A, except for not strike out. And that was his standout skill in college is not striking out. I mean, he runs well, he's fast, but he doesn't run well. 16 stolen bases, the 10 caught stealing. He doesn't, he doesn't even bring that to the game. So He can play short, he can play second, um, but he's like a borderline top 30 to me just because he's a backup infielder, and I don't think he does enough to be more than a Max Moorhoff type of guy. Um, I think he's going to be a quad A player more than anything else, I just don't see tools there. Yeah, he can run well, and he can play a few positions defensively, but he doesn't do anything else, and I hate to... You know, be so negative. But that, that's just kind of where I stand um, compared to the crowd and why you might be like, why are you so much lower on him than others? Number seven, Sam Henkes. Um, okay, so he's one of those guys I talked about where you're concerned because he didn't move at all this year. Uh, he got up to Double A last... Nope. In 2018, he didn't move at all either. 2019, didn't move at all. Strictly station to station. Dealt with some injuries throughout. Um, you kind of thought that he would get up get a shot at the majors at some point this year he missed an okay amount of bats he walked an okay amount of guys he gave up an okay amount of home runs but he didn't really excel he, he was okay um for a guy who was already on the 40 man to start the year the fact that they kept him in double a the whole year um you know he did give up a lot of hits he was very hittable and he just wasn't dominant I and mean, he's a huge pitcher he's a listed at 6'6", six, six, 235 lefty, and he feels bigger than that, having you know stood by him in person. He feels like a ginormous guy, but we just haven't seen the uh, the performance. He was a top-ten guy in a lot of places, myself included, before the year began. He won't be, I don't think, anywhere. Um, just because other players took advantage of the situation and rose up. Speaking of guys who took advantage of the situation to kind of rise this year, Kaeya Tom wasn't really anywhere. And as I went through the list, he's one of those guys, I'm like, do I need to put him higher? Like, there's not, there's a non-zero chance he could be a starter. Um, you know, it's not completely outside the realm of possibility he could turn himself into a corner outfielder. He was really good, um out of college like 2015 in Mahoning Valley uh he was he did what you want him to do he opened up in Lake County and was tearing the cover off the ball and then he got hurt and that really stalled him and this year we've seen him fully healthy he was playing some center field and while he doesn't seem to cover a lot of ground he got the job done he's probably more of a corner outfielder but it was interesting to see him be able to handle center field um he's not going to embarrass you out there if you have to stick him out there All he did this year was hit and hit for power, hit for average, uh, walk at a high percentage. Um, He did it all. He's undersized. He doesn't have loud tools. But across AA and AAA, I mean, he was one of the Indians' top offensive players this year in the minors. And he put himself back in that top 30 discussion for me. Um, Yes, there are the age concerns. But at this point, he's done enough. Um, Doubt him as you will. Uh, if he doesn't stick with the Indians, I talked about before on the podcast, if I'm the Tigers and I know I'm terrible, he's the type of guy I want to give an opportunity to. He's the te- I, I try to acquire and play just because he has that minor league production. And if there's anything that's undervalued, um, it is guys who are high producers in the minors but don't have the tools or were not high picks. And sometimes those guys sneak through, and it turns out they are better players than anyone thought they would be. Adam Scott, uh, the left-handed reliever, or left-handed starter. I think he's likely a reliever going forward, but across uh, high A, double A. I mean, he was dominant in Lynchburg, came down at double A, and was still good. Uh, strikeout rate went down, but so did his walk rate. The home run rate jumped, which is always a concern because Akron is a park that suppresses power, so you kind of want to see what he does. But, I mean, he had 26 starts this year. Uh, 120 innings across those two levels. I mean, the Indians liked him. He's a senior sign who got $50,000. A senior sign out of Warford who got $50,000. He didn't get five. He didn't get ten. When you give someone like that $50,000, that shows that he's a preferred senior sign. He's one of the better seniors in the class, and you think that he is someone who will benefit your team. So again, likely a reliever in the future, but uh, left-hander with a solid build. You can see why they're letting him start as long as possible. Robert Broom, got another guy who moved uh, from double from high A to double A and didn't miss a beat ERA um across the minors this year was 0.77 that's right point seven seven. uh 1037 strikeout to a 320 walk a 0.28 home run a point or 4.8 hit rate he was unhittable um he would walk some guys in Akron he you know the the Strikeout rate dropped a little over four, and the walk rate jumped to over three. Well, that's not a jump. It was actually, I'm looking at that, so I need to get new glasses. It was just a little bit higher. So the walk rate stayed consistent, and walk rates are always a bit higher with guys with kind of that sidearm delivery. I said it on draft, I'll say it now. I don't think there's a big gap between him and Nick Sandlin. Um, there is a big gap in how much they got paid, as he only got 136000 and Sandlin got uh, seven hundred fifty thousand, but I don't think there's a big gap between the two of them as players. As that kind of right-handed uh, specialist with that kind of sidearm delivery, Broom is one of those guys who next year um, could very well get a shot with the Indians. You, the problem here is going to come down to: you have Broom, you have Sandlin, you have Simber. You can't carry three guys like that. You just can't. Um, if Simber starts to get expensive. I mean, this is only a second year of arbitration. That'll be something to watch. Or if he has some trade value, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you considered moving him just because, yes, I mean, if Sandlin didn't get hurt, he's probably in the majors this year. And Broom is going to be knocking on the door next season. So they have almost too many of these guys. But if they're effective, they're effective. What are you going to do? Next guy up is the aforementioned Nick Sandlin. Um, He just didn't pitch much this year. Uh, 17 innings in AA, 9 innings in AAA before the dreaded forearm tightness, which often leads to arm surgery. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, strikeout rate of approaching 13, walk rate of uh, approaching 5, home run rate approaching or over 1. I, there's more, there's a higher ceiling and lower floor with him. He's a riskier version of Broome. He can do a little bit more but there's a lot more risk inherent especially with the injury at this point um he's smaller as well so we'll see but just you know everything I kind of said before stays there with uh with Salmon. Kyle Nelson another reliever I know another one gets the lead on uh the last two because he's a lefty and you look at his numbers across uh double a triple a the home run rate is a little bit of a concern. It's a lot of a concern with him, but he had a low hit rate, low walk rate, really high strikeout rate. The Indians have needed, le- you always need more left hand relievers. Um, Nelson, now that Karen Chalk, in my mind, has graduated, is the top reliever in the Indian system, top prospect in terms of uh, relief pitchers, guy who went to school with Shane Bieber. So keep Ryan eye on Nelson. He's the next left hand reliever up. Who's left? Eli Morgan. Um, he is so small that when i saw him i thought he was a um one of the the guys who works down in the uh the box one of the the kids who works down there There, you know often they're like college kids on break um he, he also looks very young on top of being you know five foot ten pitcher i was like oh that's eli morgan and you know he got one hundred thirty five thousand. he got robert broom money even though he was out there as a starter, just utterly dominating college baseball because he's undersized, fastball and the change. The change is the magic pitch. It's the best change in the Indians minor league system, in my opinion. It's one of the best changes in the minors. Uh, you know, I talked about his dominance with Lynchburg. Strikeout rate approaching 11, walk rate barely over one. You come down, you move up to Double A Akron. Strikeout rate over nine, walk rate almost three only concern is that home run rate shoots to a little over one uh the hit rate also goes up not quite as dominant he did get one shot in uh in columbus it didn't go particularly well but that's one start it's small sample (coughs) stuff excuse me whatever but there's a chance for a starter here i still think long term put him in the pen fastball plays up a little more and he can just be a fastball change reliever who gets out righties and lefties and i think that is his is his future i think that's where he's going to turn out best maybe i'll be proven wrong we've seen the indians not care about home run rate so we'll see how this goes with him he does fit the indians kind of mold recently with these guys who come through the system of the high strikeouts low walk rate high home run rate who were later picks who were not like top three round selections that's what they've had success with so we'll see um at this point he should start next year in triple a and be the next arm up i mean we've already talked about the ridiculous depth the indians have but morgan just keeps adding to it i mean i would go with him before i went with henkes if you're looking at a starter from this list um, or scott i mean he is the guy scott should start next year in double a and then get a chance to move up later in the year but uh morgan's the guy i have the most trust in of that group to turn into a future starter. Another long one seems to be the case when we do these. Not as long as the uh, Lynchburg one. But I want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, go Tribe!